Hello, hello. Today's guest, Steph, was many months in the making. As one of the many avid fans of Reunion, I first reached out to Steph in March, asking her to come on to our podcast. We couldn't bring her on at the time given her hectic schedule, but selfishly, I kept bugging her on Instagram, and after a ton of annoying messages from me, I broke her down. She said she'd reach back out once Reunion had concluded. And the day after the series had ended, I had a message in my inbox. She was ready to tell her story with us. Her series has been one of the scintillating stars of Webtoon, rocketing to over a million subs in less than a year, and cementing its place as one of the most successful original series launched in the past year. Despite her success, we were impressed by her grounded attitude, her voracious desire to improve, and of course, her amazing story. Here's Steph. Hello, everyone. I have two special people that I would like to introduce you to today. First, our producer, Jacob, will be joining us. Jacob, hello. Hello, hello. And next, the one that everyone here is really, really excited to hear from, Steph of Reunion is joining us today. Steph, how are you? I'm good. Hi, hi guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. We are thrilled to have you here. Uh, do you want to just start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. I'll try my best. <laughs> um, honestly, that's not much. I just grew up, like, born and raised in Malaysia. I've been to um, Australia at some point in my life, so I lived overseas for a little bit, and uh, just grew up um, liking stories. So not comic in general, but just stories. So it's like movies and films and series. And, um, you know, honestly, actually, I didn't read a lot of comics growing up because, like, where I'm from, we don't really spend money on, like, art stuff. Like, I didn't have a schedule until I was 15. Wow. <laughs> yeah like before that my mom would just give me like papers and like, just draw behind like just draw behind that one yeah <laughs> like, she's just like don't spend money on sketchbooks that's, that's a waste of money yeah and anyway um I did get one when I was 15 and so I would say that I didn't know that I was going to be into art until very recently what kind of stories were you into growing up I watched a lot of anime so I like, just whatever is available on like local cable tv what were your favorites uh, I grew up watching Digimon. And then, of course, that's like the Dragon Ball, but I got lost in all the screaming. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I could try it again, but when I was younger, I just couldn't really follow through that very well. So yeah, a lot of Digimon, of Sailor Moon. I also watched like cartoons, like Powerpuff Girls, that kind of stuff. <laughs> mm. The classics. Are there any of those that you think had a particular influence on you and your storytelling? Honestly, I think my a chunk of my influence actually came from games, like mm. video games. Yeah, I spoke about this before to so like almost everyone I know. They're like, what's your inspiration? And I'm just like, uh, I think when I was like 12 or maybe a little bit younger, my parents got us like a console, um, my sister and I. So um, we would play like on PS1 a lot. And PS2 was when like I was a little bit older and I could understand narrative games better. Then I started playing games like Kingdom Hearts and like Final Fantasy and then realize that wow like there's so much more to just storytelling in films that like you can tell a really good story through games as well which wasn't really a thing right because growing up games were like shorter and more arcade like and then it was only like about a decade ago or maybe a little bit longer than that um, when stories became like really narrative driven and story heavy and now there's like a category for story rich games so i would say that yeah my influence came from gaming because i like the experience of being part of the story Mm. And what about your art style? Your art is amazing. I really, really like your, the feel that you create through like backgrounds. I was like trying to deconstruct a little bit. I noticed you use a lot of like purple and pink hues that 
it just leaves you feeling very warm, especially during like the happy scenes when Rhea and Shira are interacting. But how did you kind of hone that skill of, of drawing? Okay, so honestly, it kind of just came. I didn't think too much about it. But as I started looking back, um, I feel like it's probably because when I was in college, I went into media. So it was a lot, of, it was like filmmaking, basically. And the only subject that I think I was a little bit better at is like photography. So um, like even if you go on my Instagram, if you scroll all the way back, you can see that I did used to take photos. Um, it was really fun for me because it was something I could do alone. Whereas like if you're doing film, you have to do it with a team. And I mean, that's fine too, but it's a lot of coordination and less freedom. With photography, I just, you know, just walk around with a camera and can just take a photo. And then uh, I discovered editing, like photo editing, like a Photoshop Lightroom, that kind of stuff. And I would spend hours just playing around with filters and playing around with like, the color tint and the, the hue and the saturation and then I discovered like well you can actually manipulate colors in so many different ways and I kind of fell in love with just that like playing around with colors and I think that influence really showed in all my existing work <laughs> I use like a lot of I use the skies a lot because mm. I spent a lot of time just looking at skies really in my early college days where, you know, you're trying to be deep and brooding and like, oh, look at them skies. So much meaning. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I did that a lot in my past time. And yeah, I think it, I think it transferred over. Uh, my phone has a bunch of screenshots from your reunion of like these full panel, like characters at the base, <laughs> beautiful sky at the top. So it pans out. And like you said before, you did another job before you went into making comics. So can you talk a little bit about, okay, you're working a job and you're like, I want to make a comic. How did that kind of leap happen? So I was working in marketing, which again, it's not really a job that, it's not a job that I was really interested in. I, I can see why it's interesting, but like it wasn't really something I was interested in, but it was what was available at the time. Then I, I went to digital marketing and it was a lot of um, selling products. It was a lot of putting promotions and ads and marketing together and, you know, just kind of pushing like something that you want people to buy, which is fine. But I guess over time, it kind of got a little bit, I, I wasn't really inspired because I was just robotically promoting what I'm asked to promote, even though I don't necessarily know what the product is or I don't necessarily believe in it. I mean, it was okay for my first job. I was actually planning to move on, um, but then COVID happened. And then I got, you know, kind of trapped in this uh, marketing job for like an additional one year. Yeah, and I couldn't, I couldn't find any other jobs because like, you know, the market was bad, the economy was bad, like people just weren't, weren't hiring. Um, so... So then I started drawing at home. I spent a lot of hours just drawing at home because um, I couldn't go out. And then like naturally, um, I realized, or more so I remembered that I actually like drawing because it's something that I, I didn't do anymore, really, like after high school. Even high school when I did draw, for, it was for a class. So outside of that, I never really drew anything because, um, you know, you just grow up not thinking that it's worth much you know, and you're just focused on trying to build a career and art was not it at the time. <laughs> yeah, but then I, because again, stuck at home, so now I have all the time in the world. Uh, so I started drawing digitally. And, and the thing about me is that when I discover a little bit of interest, I tend to just go real deep. Like I can't just stop halfway and be like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Like, no, I know I said, I need answers, you know? <laughs> so I just spent hours and hours um, just learning how to draw, watching like YouTube tutorials and everything. Um, and then I started posting comics on Instagram. 
I know they are just silly. I wasn't thinking much of it. It was just pastime, and at the time as well, my um, Instagram was just me and my friends and my family, so it wasn't a lot of people. And you don't think like people don't post things online and then they're like, I hope it goes viral. Like no one thinks like that. Like for me, it was just I'm bored and I had time, so I did this comic, and you know my friends like we can laugh about it. So I did that, but for some reasons, I think um the algorithm probably changed a little bit and it started favoring my comics for some reasons. It started getting a lot of traction, and I was like confused, <laughs> like where are these people coming from? <laughs> and it just kept going, and like I guess in a way it motivated me because I was like, hey, look, like there are people out there who say that oh my comics make them feel happy because you know COVID was a hard time, and I was doing silly, lighthearted things. So I started doing that, and then it became something I cared a lot more about than my job. And uh, then I started doing that for like a few months, and then I realized, okay, like my day job isn't going anywhere, so should I take the risk? And at that point, I've been working for two years, so I've saved up enough, so I I think I can risk a few months of no income and then see where it goes. So I took the risk. Um, so this was I think February or March of last year. Wow. When I left, yeah, when I left my uh, marketing job, and then I. Had a Patreon and I'm like, okay, let's go. Um, and then April, I went to Webtoon Canvas, um, as you guys might know. And then June was actually when I got an email, but like I ignored it because I thought it was a scam. <laughs> <laughs> I got an email from Webtoon going like, hey, we're interested in signing your series. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then like a week later, I was like, huh, actually. <laughs> so I looked at the email and I saw like you know the the email address and I googled it on LinkedIn and like, oh wait, it's a legitimate person. <laughs> it's a legitimate person from Webtoon. And then I replied like, oh yeah, please tell me more. Oh. Um, so this was in June, and I only signed in I think August. So between June and August was a weird time because I I wasn't sure how I felt about working in comics in comics. Professionally, because I was still so new and I was still learning, and there was a lot I didn't know, and uh, I wasn't sure if I was ready for that. But you know, opportunity came, and I'm like, you know what? I, I guess I have nothing much to lose at this point, so I, I just went with it, and now we're here. <laughs> yeah. What do you think pushed you over the edge? Was it really just like, hey, I have nothing to lose, or was there anything else that that kind of made you say, I'm just gonna go for it here? I think it was a combination of I have nothing to lose. Because literally, I don't have any other job, right? And the other one was more so: Will I regret it if I don't say yes? Mm, and yeah. I just knew deep down I was gonna regret it because uh, at that point, like you know, when you're already on like Instagram and you have a relatively large following, you kind of start seeing a lot of artists as well, and you see so many of them get signed, and then you don't want to be like, man, that could have been me, you know? Mm. So. Uh, I figured that, you know, I think I would regret it if I didn't sign. Um, also, a part of me was also worried that I would regret it if I signed. I wasn't ready for that um, scale of a project, right? Because working on yeah. comics is so intense and it was just me. Like, I don't have a studio. I don't have, like, assistants at the time to help me out. So I really wasn't sure. And also, Reunion was a story that I wrote 100% um, for fun. 
because I, I did a poll on Instagram and asked my followers, like, hey, what do you guys want to see this year? And everyone's like, we want to see romance. You want to see the kissy kissy. I'm like, all right, sure. <laughs> so I, I was like, okay, well, for a practice comic, let's do a short version of romance that a lot of people wanted. And, I, and to me, it was like reunions a series that I'm, I should be allowed to make mistakes and um, learn from it. I wasn't too pressured to make it perfect, right? Because it's your first series, like first anything. And I feel like you shouldn't have that pressure. You should have the freedom to, to go out and experiment and try different things. And I did feel that freedom taken away a little bit when I got signed because, you know, you started becoming like, oh man, I'm legit now. I gotta, I gotta look like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I, yeah, it, it, so, so I think I kind of missed that a little bit. But overall, I don't regret my decision, I think. And when you came up, you, you kind of saw what your readers wanted. How did you come up with the story for Reunion? I guess, did you start with the characters that you already had or did you know the type of story that you wanted to tell? What was your process like? Okay, so I think it started with characters. Like everything I do usually starts with characters and then I reverse engineer things. So how it normally works for me is that, because um, if you start with a story, there's just like way too many like things you could go into, right? And it's difficult for me to choose one. So I usually start with, a character like for example Shiro I, I, I designed him and I, he didn't have a backstory by the way I just designed him and went with whatever aesthetic I, I felt like doing at the time and then I looked at him and I'm like huh like what story does this guy have and then his personality like okay he, he's a little bit reserved and I think like what why is he you know like why is that or like why, why does he behave a certain way and then I reverse engineer things so that like, I start to think like okay well maybe he's reserved because he has like a different upbringing and like, okay what kind of upbringing so that's how I tend to write so it always starts with characters so with uh, Rhea and Shiro it was kind of like that as well like how do they meet like uh, what kind of relationship do they have like are they are they friends are they strangers and then I decided to go with the friend route because like I personally never really experienced that feeling of meeting a stranger by the street. It's always someone I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also because I don't walk on the streets very often. But my point <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah, like um, just join from personal experience. I think the um, friends, like longtime friends, and then a reuniting um, thing was something that I feel a lot of people can understand. It's something that I can understand as well. Like not necessarily romantic, but even just platonic friendship right like that feeling that like you haven't seen this person in ages so I, I figured that was a good point to start and I started with that and then everything just kind of went on its own after that I didn't sit down and like strategize the whole thing especially because reunion was a story I wanted to be free from that I wanted to just go with the flow and then learn as I go so yeah I didn't really plan that but I think for future projects I would so this particular one I didn't yeah and for the characters, did you have people that you modeled them after? Like, how did you come up with the actual characters themselves? <laughs> I actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, didn't, I didn't have, like, references, right? Which is so interesting because I found out that a lot of artists actually do have references. I didn't really have any, but I wouldn't go as far as to say that they're 100% my imagination. I feel like they are influenced by characters that I grew up seeing on TV and in video games, but, like, subconsciously. So they just came from like personal preference or like what I'm familiar with. So like a lot of people have said before, like Shiro, for example, looks like a Final Fantasy character somewhat. Like his hair with like the undercut and the pointy things. Yeah. Which is like a very Final Fantasy thing. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's things like that um, that subconsciously influenced me. I see. 
and uh, really unique about these characters is the ear piercings. They, I had no idea, but they tend to make characters really hot. So when did you realize that that's something that you wanted to <laughs> Uh, I don't know actually I don't even know that they think sorry I, I don't know that people think that piercings make people look hot I have six myself see and I don't look at my I don't look in the mirror like oh, I'm so hot like I don't, I don't think that <laughs> it's just something I have because I, I grew up just wanting to know how it's like to have piercings and and then I got like a pair, so like two down here. And then I'm like, oh, that's that's quite a nice feeling to have some something in your, you know, how you look. You can change something about how you look. And I got a little bit addicted, and I got like four more, seven actually, but one popped off. So, <laughs> so um, then when I created my characters, I'm just it just became natural to me. It wasn't like a deliberate decision because I. I have piercing, so I'm like, okay, let's give to them as well. And that's it. <laughs> so it seems like you've given them some of these characters elements of yourselves. Was that kind of intentional? Or how did you think about, hey, you know, here's how I want to inform what my characters look and feel like? Um, I think with every creator, normally in your characters, there is some semblance of yourself. Mm. I think it's quite natural because they're drawing from personal experience somewhat. Um, so I would say there's a little bit of me in all the characters. They're like different parts of me, right? Because the thing about people is that it's so interesting because I know people are like obsessed with like personality tests or like horoscopes and all that. And I think there's some merit to those things, but at the same time, I feel like people are, people change and there are a lot of different um, sides of a singular person, right? And I, I even see it in myself, like I'm different when I talk to different people, like I'm different in a different environment. So um, to kind of just not box myself into that and just kind of explore different parts of myself. And then I realized that, oh, actually, you know, you can, you can branch out into many different characters from just like little, little things. Like maybe like the more, the more introverted side of me is more in like Shiro and then the more like bubbly and more um, outgoing side of me, maybe in like Rhea. So things like that. I love that. At its core, you explore the notion of change and coming to terms. And I think, especially for me in my 20s, I started to kind of, you know, see this myself, where you're kind of you know, meeting people that you haven't talked to in a long time, and you're reconciling the fact that, hey, this was someone that was, I kind of recognized from my youth, but this is a different person, and this is just how, who they are now. And so, you know, just reconciling things that are Kind of out of your control, like Rhea finding that Shiro Shinyu grown up is not who he is now. So how do you deal with change personally, kind of given all that's changed for you personally and then kind of macro everything that's happened in the world in the past few years? Mm, I think to just not resist the change, sort of, to just like embrace it. Because like, I feel like people change, people don't just change for fun or like they don't just change just because, like people change because of um, circumstances or situations that life puts them in and then sometimes it, you, it's just about being adaptable and like um, to not make it sound too serious but some people say I, I'm just trying to survive so I gotta change myself you know <laughs> so obviously it doesn't have to be that serious but I, I really think there's truth in that I feel like people people change to adapt to their situation and it's most of the time I think it's necessary like even if it's like somewhat of a negative change Maybe, maybe there's something that you, you have to explore there. Like, why do you feel this way? Or like, um, 
why are you going through this um, season now? Like, is there something you can learn from it? Um, so I feel like as long as it's not a, a change that it's so detrimental to yourself and people around you, I think you, you should be allowed to explore that, especially in your 20s. Because I think that's probably the time in your life where people do start to get to know themselves better because they have the freedom to go out and just try different things, which you wouldn't get to do when you were younger, right? Because of like, you know, parental controls or whatever. So, so yeah, just, just don't, don't resist it. Just, just go with the flow and go with what feels right for you as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned earlier, you were doing this for, you know, a few months uh, when Webtoon reached out to you and said, do you want to be an originals artist? What was your, I mean, you mentioned your first reaction was this has to be a scam, but when you realized that this was real, like how did it feel as an artist? Yeah, I was confused. Because <laughs> like at that point, I didn't call myself an artist. And until today, I still don't know if I should call myself that because at the back of my mind, I always feel like, or maybe it's a, maybe it's a misunderstanding of like how an artist should, um, how their work should look like. Like I, I feel like I always had this idea in my head where like you, you gotta like achieve this certain thing to be legit. You gotta, you know, but like obviously I don't view other artists that way. Cause like to me it's like everyone's an artist, like art is art, right? But when it comes to myself, I'm just I think maybe it's imposter syndrome. You, you don't wanna like make yourself feel like you're you're like out there and you're so good when actually you're not, because then like, you know, that that can hurt confidence a little bit. So for me, I just I was confused and then I um when I when I finally came to terms with it I was still pretty numb to the whole thing like I wasn't sure if I wanted to celebrate it because I don't know it, it was kind of scary for me because I was entering like uncharted territory for me personally like it's, it's a it's a part of like this industry is something that I've never been a part of I know nothing about so while I should be excited I was actually more terrified because I, I didn't know anything, right? And there's no one I know in real life who I could ask at the time. I didn't know any other artists. So I think it was more terrifying <laughs> than anything else. Yeah. And when you transitioned over to become an originals story, what were the things that you kind of had to change? Uh, I know you said, you know, the fundamental story stayed the same, but what was the process like of going from, you know, canvas to getting things ready for originals? Okay, so a few things. One of the things was um, we had to choose a specific art style I was going for. So um, obviously I took down the canvas version, but like when it was still up there, you could see from like the first entry to the last one, the art style was like <laughs> drawn by two different people. And that was because I was experimenting and I was figuring out trying different types of drawing styles. So one of the things I had to work on was um, to, to have a more consistent art style, like a consistent mm. line art, a consistent color palette and that kind of stuff. So, um, but which, which is fine, I understand. Like it's necessary, right? Because it has to look like it's from the same series. Um, the other thing that I personally struggled the most with was the writing part. Um, I think like if you again if you read the canvas version it was um it, it's a it's a very anti-drama wholesome kind of series because I enjoy reading and writing things like that because I also enjoy dramatic stories but there's just like I've seen a lot of that and I wanted something that's a little bit more relaxing like something that you read at the end of the day and it makes you feel good not feel anxious or feel restless right I wanted something that was relaxing to read but um 
unfortunately, I think that kind of model doesn't necessarily work if you are like trying to make profit off something. Like when it comes to profit, it's a lot of cliffhangers. It's a lot of like um, high stakes kind of thing to get people to want to subscribe, right? So, or click next. Um, so I think uh, with that said, with writing, it was hard for me because I feel like we had to, um, we, ha we had to change the tone of the story a little bit. Like in certain episodes, it was, it, it was just a lot more dramatic than I was used to. And also because it was in a romance genre, a lot of the advice I was given had to do with making my characters look sexy. When I say characters, I really mean Shiro. <laughs> yeah, which like happens to be something that, for my impression at least, is something that Webtoon really champions, like the whole sexy male lead kind of thing, which again is something that I, I wasn't comfortable with doing. Because I'm, I'm just not very comfortable with like the whole physical focus on like how characters look. Even mm. when I designed them, I didn't really think much about whether they're attractive or not. To me, it was just more so, does the face look right? Like, is the eye in the right height? You know, like it's not about, does this guy look handsome or is this girl pretty? Like, that's not how I draw. So to need to needing to switch my mind to like, how do I make this character look attractive was really difficult for me. Because again, my definition of what's attractive is also different to what other people think. Um, so you may have noticed in the reboot of Reunion that there's a lot more fan service. <laughs> that, like Shiro's just like, he doesn't have a shirt in a lot of scenes. I'm like, why? Just yeah. put a shirt on. <laughs> I will say one, one moment I really liked was he's injured and it's like, where is he here? Oh, he has a cut on his abs. I'm like, Oh, yeah. yeah, and then he's just, like standing, <laughs> yeah. like standing in this pose where he's like kips are like you know pushed out, <laughs> like in this really seductive way. And I'm just like nobody stands like that. But I, I drew, I drew that anyway because I was given the direction that it's things like this that will perform. And of course, I, I did discuss this with you know like some of the stuff like. Can I not do that? Like, can I not do this and still have the series perform? And they're like, we'd rather not take that risk. Was what mm. the conversation kind of went with. So again, I was like inexperienced and like I wasn't confident in my art at the time. I was worried like, okay, if I don't listen to them, what if it's true that my series won't perform? So I did naturally kind of got used to that. Um, now now I'm like a little bit more comfortable drawing like ads and sexy stuff. I guess I don't know, but like there's still a line I wouldn't cross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that was difficult for me because it, it, it just wasn't something I was comfortable with, but I had to learn how to be for the sake of the job, I guess. So it seems like you learned a ton through this process. You know, you talked about how there can be a pressure to leave cliffhangers. There can be a pressure to really show this like sexy romantic male lead because that's what, that's what kind of works from a business standpoint, I guess, in terms of you as an artist and what you want your art and your stories to stand for. How do you think that has evolved or changed as you finish your first original story? Ooh, that's a loaded question, but it's a really good one because like, <laughs> I feel like my, my stance didn't change. I feel like, um, how do I say this? So in the first three episodes of Reunion, I was asked to like really make my male lead like super sexy. We couldn't have like a shirtless scene because they were in public, right? Like what? Like you can't just take your shirt off. Yeah. Like have your shirt like get, get stuck on like a tree branch and it just rips open. Like we can't we can't do that. <laughs> so um <laughs> I think because I didn't do that when the series launched, it was still relatively successful in terms of numbers. It kind of solidified my personal belief that 
well, maybe you don't need to go overboard on like sexy fan service. Like maybe you don't actually need that. Maybe you just, yeah, maybe there are, there is an audience out there who likes more wholesome romance. And uh, I think with Reunion, it's only like 26 episodes. And granted, I think, I think a lot of the webtoon marketing did help boost the series as well. So it's not, it's not me. It's not all me. I think the fact that it still performed relatively okay, I think it's a sign that, well, maybe there's an audience out there who, who does like the wholesome romance, you know? Maybe, maybe it's not, maybe romance doesn't always have to be hot and heavy. Yeah, I mean, romance involving adults. Because like, obviously, if you're writing a romance about minors, don't do that. But like, romance involving adults, like, it doesn't always have to be sexual. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that as well, by the way. Just to clarify. I think it's totally fine if you love that. But, you know, if, if you don't like that, it's okay as well. Like, there's an audience out there. I think one thing that I really learned from Reunion is that I think you should always just be honest with yourself, like, as a creator. Because mm. when you're not being honest, I feel like your audience can tell, especially the ones that have known you before. Um, which I've gotten a lot of messages, by the way, when Reunion went up and a lot of people started asking me, like, Steph, why are there so many apps? Like, you didn't used to do this. I'm like, oh, it's wow. a job, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like a lot of people are asking, like, is Webtoon asking you to do this? And like, not all the time. There are times when I did it myself, but it was also because I was then believed to, you know, like I, I believe that it was necessary. Sometimes it is necessary, by the way. But like, it, it really showed that I think when you're honest with yourself, even if the story isn't up to par, isn't up to standard, I feel like your audience can appreciate that. Like, they may not necessarily... Um, enjoy your series but they can at least appreciate that you stuck true to what you believe or what you wanted to do so Steph, did you feel like ever conflicted between did you ever feel like you had multiple audiences that you were writing for kind of like your earlier supporters when you were publishing the comment on instagram and then obviously the fandom that you built on canvas and then thereafter the fandom that you built on originals did you feel like they had competing expectations and how did you manage to kind of reconcile that in your head? A hundred percent. I think my audience who knew me before Webtoon, um, like they, they knew about my plans. They knew that Re Reunion was just like a short story and they, they knew my style of writing. They knew that, yeah, like my style of writing, they were familiar with it basically. And, um, but then when it went on like originals, I would say majority, like, overwhelming majority of uh, Reunion readers don't know who I I am right so I feel like they came into the series expecting different things like maybe they they expected like a lot more romantic scenes which unfortunately reunion doesn't have a lot of that because to me I was more focused on the friendship and the um, building on like that, that emotional connection kind of thing um, which is not something that necessarily translates to romance I mean it can be romantic right but it's not like in your face it's not like it's not big gestures of like kisses or or big hugs or that kind of stuff it's a lot of um, communication and um, I think because like comic as well is a really visual medium so I feel like there was an audience out there that expected more like they expected more romance they expected the series to be longer whereas my um, canvas my canvas readers know that okay this is just a short story and there will be more and they were okay with the direction I was going with and um, seeing that they are kind of different I did struggle to figure out like how I should go about this because obviously the ideal result is that you please everybody, but that's not realistic, mm. right? So, um, so I, in the end, I decided, you know what, I'll just go with what I feel is right. And 
hope that all, all the readers, doesn't matter where you're from, can maybe accept or even grow to enjoy the um, ideas that I was having or the plans I, I have. I'm really lucky, actually, because like the after it went up, where I explain, you know, my situation and like the future of the story. And majority, again, overwhelming majority of the, the comments were really positive. They were all like, we understand, like, um, thank you for being honest with us. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> they got it. <laughs> yeah. I was worried like people would be mad at me, but like, I mean, some of them were disappointed and, I, and, I'm, and I'm sorry for that, really, because like, I don't want them to be, but at the end of the day, I, I have to do what I feel is right for me. And I just can't see myself working on a story that I personally is, am not too invested in for the next two to three years, because that's typically how long a, a long form comic would take. You've had one of the most successful webtoons in the past year. You touched on it. I mean, how did that feel for you? Like you said, there's a lot of things just like as a creative that you were going through as you put Reunion out there, but how did it feel to see the reception that you got? I was really confused. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just like confused, really, because I think you guys, you guys do the stats, right? So you're aware that um, Webtoon is kind of on a, I wouldn't say they're on a decline, but I would say like, because of that, there is like so many new series, right? It's difficult for any one series to shine, right? Like uh, a series getting like 300K subs three, four years ago is normal, it's expected. But these days, you're lucky if you can break 100K. So I think when Reunion popped off, I, I was like numb. I was like, huh? <laughs> Where are these people coming from? Like what? But again, at the same time, it's not too confusing because Webtoon is, at least they marketed it themselves as a platform that is known for romance. So I think there is probably a larger audience out there that do enjoy romance on Webtoon. I don't have the access to the stats. I don't know where like people are coming from. I don't know why, like, how people discover the series. Because at this point, it's not me anymore. Like on, on my Instagram, I only have like a, a little over, I was like 160-ish K, I think. So like even if say like all of them came, that's still like only 160 people, 160 K. I don't know where everyone else came from. So I, I try not to think too hard about it. I'm just appreciative that there's people out there who can appreciate what I do. But I don't feel any different. Like, I'm very thankful, really, but, like, my real life, everything around me doesn't really change depending on the number of subs you have, right? So not, nothing much has changed for me in real life. But there is a little bit more pressure when it comes to doing art now because, wow, there's so many people. But then I try to take a step back and remember that, well, a lot, like, my readers don't, they, they like my work, but it has nothing to do with me as a person. So I try to separate that. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's... It's overwhelming. It was surprising. I was confused, but overall, nothing too drastic. So what's been the best and the worst part about, I mean, you have a massive like audience now. You have a bunch of people who like know your work and know what you are. You talked about it being a little overwhelming. What have you really enjoyed about this fandom and what's been more difficult as you've grown to be more popular? Yeah, I think what I enjoy, honestly, is just everyone's so enthusiastic. I don't know, like the, sim the most simplest things that I don't think much about is something that they really, really love. Like this particular panel of like a particular character and they're like, wow, this, this panel is so great and they screenshot it and you know, they share it everywhere and then they use it as their wallpaper or whatever. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Because like, you know, when you're rushing work, you have like 40 to like 80 panels to finish sometimes. You don't think, you don't sit and marinate and look like, man, I did such a good job. Like, no one has time for that. So, like, when you have the readers to, to kind of 
tell you that's that's how it is like they feel like you did a good job and then they show you like this particular panel they really like and i'm like wow like thank you because i didn't think much of it but to know that you're using it as your wallpaper for example it's, it's amazing to me yeah like that was really motivating and i really appreciate that kind of support because again i i feel like i'm not i, I don't know i personally don't I feel like I didn't start this journey. I didn't start this journey as a qualified artist. I feel I started this journey as just like a hobbyist, just drawing in my room because of COVID. So I think at the back of my mind, I always feel like, well, there are like way more creators out there who are more deserving of like this attention or this success or this numbers or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is. And I still, instead of like rejecting it, I've learned to accept and appreciate that. But what's difficult also is the, I think like I mentioned earlier, the expectations where I feel like people come into this series and everyone has a different expectation of what your work should be. And sometimes, you know, obviously the expectation is not going to be met and it's just kind of dealing with the potential backlash of disappointed fans. Like criticism is okay, right? Because you grow from that. But there will always be comments that are just unhelpful because they're upset for like a, a, a different reasons. And uh, learning to just take that at face value or not take it at all. I mean, I appreciate them reading the story anyway. I'm sorry they don't like it, but thanks for giving me views. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just I just try to like try to be more positive about things overall. So you talk a little bit about the next kind of story in your journey is going to be back on canvas. You're still working through things, but it's not going to be originals. Can you talk us a little bit about how you feel about being in a different place when you do your next story? What are you excited about? Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's interesting because I feel like because of the way, re I mean, I did have to rewrite Reunion, by the way. Um, I re rewrote the ending, especially. So because of the way it was rewritten, uh, it kind of changed the, the other, the sequel. So the, the main story that I wanted to work on. So I feel like I'm at this point where I have the freedom to just write whatever I want and try whatever I want again. <laughs> this is so funny, right? Because you know how earlier I said when I signed with Webtoon, I lost that freedom and I'm terrified. And now I have the freedom and I'm also terrified. Because <laughs> like, now, now like there's no boundaries. Like in, in a way, freedom is also scary because you feel like you can you can do anything and no one's stopping you. And that's the problem. No one's stopping you. So like, what, if I, what, what if I go overboard at something? Or what if I'm just like so off and no one's there to tell me that, dude, you, you got to dial it back or you got to go back or like you're going off you know, the plans or the script or whatever. I think overall, it's still exciting still because that means I can now try whatever it is I wanted to try. And I'm excited because I get to draw um, Shiro's family, which is, you know, they're, in my opinion, they're just kind of fun to draw. Like, I, I like their dynamic. They're kind of like this, they're kind of like this oddly dysfunctional, but also okay family that live together. I mean, in, in Asian culture, it's quite common for like generations to live together, by the way. So, so I think like to explore that dynamic, which I think a lot of people don't really get to see or they don't really understand. So like, I'm excited to explore that. And on top of that also, it's, I think um, the main story can be like a little bit fun because you have personalities like Kisao, so like she knows that, who is like, I don't know, I, he's like crazy. I don't know, I don't know where he came from. Well, me obviously, but like, <laughs> but he, he's like someone that I'm really excited to draw more of and write and flesh out. And I, I think based on reception on reunion, I feel like a lot of people are excited for more of Hisao's screen time as well. So yeah, just really excited for more characters and more di different dynamics and different parts of their personalities I guess to explore along with the new story.
Yeah, I think with the cliffhanger and like just even the family portrait, there's a lot of things that I'm personally excited to to learn more about. So <laughs> can't wait for it to come together. I'm going to annoy you and ask you questions about your future. But before we do that, we got a bunch of fan questions. Are you ready to answer a few? Okay, sure. <laughs> Let's go. The first is from Wild Sparks. How do you manage to meet the deadlines and how do you solve writer's block? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, with deadlines, I think it's, it's negotiable, I guess, with Webtoon, because at the end of the day, it's a, it's a series they want you to succeed in, right? So if you need more time, I, I guess you have to tell Webtoon that you need more time. I mean, right now, the projected workload is that, oh, you got to finish like an episode per week, but that's not a lot of time for like 40 to 80 panels, right? Fully rendered as well. But one thing that I can tell you is that when you work on a series, you kind of have to let go of that perfectionism. Like every panel can't look perfect unless you are just like veteran artists that can just draw from memory and everything looks fine. But most of us are not that, not at that level. So I think you let go of that perfectionism and just accept that, you know, people are just going to look at one panel not more than two seconds or three, depending on how long the dialogue is. So there's really no point in like stressing over that particular hair strand or that face or whatever like do your best obviously but also be a little bit more forgiving um at like understand your own like predicament as well and not not stress over things like that because at the end of the day you have a series to complete right you have a deadline to complete so so probably like focus on the bigger picture and just know that your um your readers most of them honestly won't even care like they'll appreciate your story anyway when it comes to writer's block was writer's block or art block sorry this is writer's block, but I think they'd writer's appreciate block. tips on any block, really. <laughs> well, you could remove the block. Okay, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> with writer's block, honestly, it's I still struggle with that. But one way to get out of it is to, the, I think with any block, like you mentioned, the minute you start to feel like you don't know what to do or you don't know how to proceed, I think that's a sign that you got to take a break and just step out of the house or do, do something else. Like it can be 30 minutes, it can be an hour, it can be a day or or a few days, even a week, sometimes it may take that long. But the minute you have the block is because you're forcing yourself to come up with ideas or inspiration or forcing yourself to be in the mood. And these are the things that you can't force yourself. You can't, it has to come like to an extent there is discipline, but when it gets to a point where even discipline is not enough, that's when you got to take a break and go out and meet friends and do anything else. And it's, it's always when you're not thinking about the work when it comes naturally to you. So, uh, I mean, it's not magic, it's not some kind of secret sauce, but at least for me personally, it's when I'm not thinking about work, when I get random ideas and random inspirations. And it's also when I take a step away from work, when I start to miss doing the work. Does that make sense? So like, you could be right, like say you're writing, you're writing seven days a week, and now it's a chore, you're sick of it now. So obviously you don't feel like doing it anymore. So what if you take like a few days off? And like three days off and then by the fourth day you're like hey i haven't written in a while i kind of miss it so, so when you go back and do it you're more excited to do it so for me that break is really important like a lot of people can't take breaks because they feel like it's unproductive but you're not like you got to realize that that break is what helps you become productive so it's important it's not something that, that you should skip you know hustle culture or whatever but like that's not that's not how it works when it comes to creative process our next question is from Alicia Muti3. If you could put yourself in the EA Kami universe, what character do you think you want to be? I want to be a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> just a side farmer. Yeah, just like that, that one that one person like at the corner and the supporting character that just says like one witty remark 
that nobody laughs at, but you know, I'm like, hey, that's me. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> and the last one's from Moments of Lucy. Um, absolutely love the series and the gorgeous art. What has been your favorite and least favorite thing that you've created or? Oh, okay. I think my favorite thing is always going to be the sceneries. Hmm. Like for me, when I, when, I, when I write an episode, the first thing I always think about is the time of day because I get really excited about the colors. And I also feel like um, the time of day does determine the mood of everything else, like the mood of like the, the posture and the dialogues and everything. So I get really excited and I think I'm the most satisfied with how the skies turned out. <laughs> yeah. The most challenging thing is the apps. Oh. <laughs> 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 like, just get me, get me a guy with dad bot at this point. Like, I'm done with the apps. <laughs> like, yeah, dad bot. Now I understand the appeal. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk a little bit about your future. Making a webtoon original is really, really demanding work. Have you been having, like, any fun? Have you been doing anything to relax? I should. <laughs> now, that, now that I'm on break right sort of um yeah but because i spent like more than the last year like busy doing webtoon i kind of forgot how to do other things mm. so the past month i've kind of trying to remind myself like you know you can go on the walk it's okay <laughs> like the world's not gonna collapse your deadlines there are no deadlines and i like, really i can do that <laughs> so i think um okay so jokes aside i think i'm learning how to relax by probably playing more playing some games because i did used to play a lot of games and watching series on that what are your games slash series yeah we're getting a little personal but i'm i'm curious oh no it's fine like games i always tell people i'm a huge fan of final fantasy love final fantasy but i did finish the game final fantasy 7 i finished mm. it so i can't i mean i finished it and i know the story at this point so sometimes if i'm really lazy i just play like sims because i want to play god <laughs> Yeah, um, other times I'll play like more narrative driven games, like a lot of games I've played before like Bioshock or like Persona, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah I really like games like that, where they just like suck you into the universe, like nothing else matters, I just want to finish the game. Or like the more recent um, story game I played was Detroit. Yeah, that was fun, story, like mm -hmm. um, story um, choice based games. In terms of your sabbatical and when you think you'll be back, I know you posted this explanation episode uh like five days ago and i feel like the spirit of it was like i want to tell you what's happening please be patient while i do my next thing but i'm gonna ask anyway when do you think we can read the 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 main story that you're working on i don't know i would hope not too long i i don't want to give myself like a deadline because one thing i i learned from reunion as well is that when you give yourself a deadline instead of giving yourself the necessary time things become rushed and like you don't get to plan things out properly um, so obviously I still want to like have a little bit of that discipline, right? Cause I don't want to like slack off for like 10 years and nothing happens. So I'm, I'm giving myself like a, a time period of maximum two to three years. But the point is I'll be working on it behind the scenes. So if I get to finish, not finish, but if I get to like start and have enough buffers by like a year ish or a little bit more than that, I'll be more than happy to start sharing it like next year or the year after. Yeah. Basically it just has to be at. I have to have um, enough buffers to not stress myself when the series goes up. Yeah, but at the same time, it's going to be on canvas. Um, I, there are no like talks about potential signings with anything else at the moment. I'm pretty happy to be on canvas. I, I remember enjoying the freedom a lot. So I guess my answer to you is probably two years, maybe a little bit less, a little bit more. <laughs> I know wait. it's really long, but like no, time will, we can time wait. Will pass. 
Yeah, time I, will pass, guys. It'll it'll pass. It'll be it'll be great. In terms of your feet, like, do you have any goals of what you want to do long term? Haven't thought that far yet. <laughs> uh, long term, I guess. I guess I would just. I mean, it would be nice to continue doing this, but it is a really physically taxing job, so I'm not really sure, honestly. Like the long hours with the screen and like your arms start to feel funny because you're you know you're drawing all the time. So uh, I mean, I would like to continue doing anything that's story related. Yeah, but like nothing. I I'm not too hard hard pressed on like wanting a specific goal. To me, it's just as long as I'm doing stories, I'm happy. But no digital marketing. No. <laughs> okay, like like okay. Seriously, if you guys enjoy marketing, that's fine. It's just it's just not for me, man. Like it's so, I'm selling stuff all the time. It's hiring. Like honestly, in real life, I'm like buy it or whatever. I don't care. But like I'm in digital marketing, so I'm like please buy it. Or my boss will say I'm not doing a good job, so please buy it. I don't like that feeling. Like if you don't want to buy it, it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> we have a few like questions for you. More fun questions. The first thing we're gonna do is a bit of a balance game. So we'll start easy okay. and we'll end with a hard question. Okay. First question, are you a cake or an ice cream person? Oh, cake. I like that answer. Do you have a favorite cake, actually? I'm adding questions now. Uh, I would, huh, any, anything that's not sesame. Have you guys had okay. sesame cake? No. Yeah, it, it tastes, it, it's really savory, and I don't like it. I, I want, think like, I would like, eat it, but yeah, I've never tried it. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, when it, it's cake, I want it to be, like, sweet, you know? Like, it doesn't have to be rich, but, like, I don't want it to be savory. I would, I would have a mm. burger if I wanted to be savory. Fair. So you're in a dark alley and you need one character to protect you from your universe. Uh, Shiro, Hisao, Shiro's grandpa. You can pick someone else if you want, but who are you picking to protect you? Well, of the three, I'll probably pick Shiro because like Hisao would just flirt with everybody. I don't need that when I'm in distress. Um, <laughs> and the gra grandpa don't care. <laughs> grandpa, yeah, I'm too old for this shit and just walks out. <laughs> <They're probably Shiro. laughs> yeah. And the hardest one, you have to pick two of these and drop one of them. Um, you have Shiro's bod, which includes his abs, uh, his handsome face or his height. Which two are you keeping and which one are you dropping? Abs. I'm okay with that, but I'm right with that. <laughs> it may disappoint a few people, but that's our rolling. Okay, last five questions. We're going to move through these fast. First one, which fictional character best describes your personality? Oh, this is hard. Off the top of my head, I think Zagreus from Hades. <laughs> you guys mm, think Yeah. 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 Because Zagreus, he's really sarcastic. He's kind of grumpy, but he can be nice sometimes. So I think I kind of like that. <laughs> if there's yeah. three comics that you could take with you on a desert island, which ones are you taking? Can I take webtoons? Yeah. It's a magical thing that you can read paper, you can read webtoons, it can be anything. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna take this opportunity to shout out a few webtoons that I really like. So like, um, the first one is To Tame a Fire by Hilary. Oh, she's like, she's like my bestie. I like her. Yeah, um, her work's pretty good. Um, everything's on webtoon, by the way. So To Tame a Fire. Um, another series I really like is Covenant. Yeah, by Explodey Kid. Um, that that one's that one's a banger. And the um last one I'll probably pick. Everything is fine. Yeah, I love that series. It you know keeps me excited all the time i like that what's your favorite scene from any comic man this is hard because like, i read so many but not enough at the same time okay can i just shout out like this comic that i really like because i feel like yeah. everything about it is a masterpiece so like there's this there's this comic book called um icarus and the sun by mm. gabriel Piccolo. yeah so that that whole book that whole series 
yeah, everything about it is a masterpiece because like the colors and the aesthetics and um, yeah, I, I just I just loved it. Yeah, so probably every, any page in that series, any scene, I'm good. <laughs> There's one from your webtoon where Shiro's looking down and he looks kind of sad and he has a moon behind him. I literally just pulled it up on my phone because I have it screenshotted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one is like yeah. I'm like oh my god I was like I don't know how you pulled that off but it looks and no uh, see you didn't draw abs and it still looks very really good so I love you that know, one. interesting about that scene like my editor actually actually pointed out that that scene was kind of like it kind of came out of nowhere because it, it just transported from like a romance to like Batman <laughs> yeah and and that's why when you talk about your next series I'm like I could definitely see the vibe like uh, I'm so excited it's gonna, be, yeah. it's gonna be super fun yeah like you can see why I had to separate the two because like scenes like that just couldn't it just didn't work with the aesthetics or the tone of reunion was going for well as you can tell I, lo- I loved it because I I screenshot I'm like this is so cool I want this to like be my profile so well done thank you for thank you for making that um if you could pick any creator to have dinner with who would it be yeah i think i'll still go with piccolo yeah um fun fact by the way because like before i got into comics so i only started drawing digitally like about 2020 that's when covid quarantine started so way before that i i discovered piccolo's work on pinterest um and like it's just it's just like it's this art style and this tone and this universe that he built that I've never seen before. Because like, um, as you guys might also know, like traditional, like DC Marvel comics that are a little bit older, um, they always feature like, aside from Spider-Man, I guess, but it's always like featuring um, a time or place where like you may not necessarily uh, relate to because, you know, like we are born in like this millennial era, era or whatever you want to call it. But when I saw people's work, it was so relatable for my particular age group like it was it was just teenagers or young adults doing young adult things like just listening to music or like going to the grocery store in like modern attire and I was like wow like it's not to say that it's not groundbreaking or whatever but it's just so casual but so it makes you feel a certain way I feel like I want to I want to get to know those characters because of the way he presented them and so I would like to like talk to him and figure out like what his process or how he started this whole thing because um, you know he's he, we are in the same age group right so but but it's so amazing that he can achieve all this um when he was my age he already achieved so many things yeah so I'm like wow like that that's pretty amazing so I like to pick his brain a little bit yeah and then last question uh, if you could have dinner with a fictional character who would it be <laughs> um <laughs> Mickey Mouse <laughs> <laughs> Why Mickey Mouse? I want to see how, how, how big his head is in real life. <laughs> like, you know, Mickey Mouse, okay, I don't know, like, you know his body is like 50% head? Yeah. Like, if it's how would that look like in real life? That would be interesting. I want to see it. I like that. I, I, I couldn't even imagine Mickey Mouse standing in front of me, so that's a good answer. I love that one. <laughs> well, Steph, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Listener, please check out Reunion, binge it all. And then follow Steph on Instagram. You'll be able to see her link tree on the creator profile on Webtoon. Thank you so much for joining us and being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any feedback or want to be featured as our next guest, please write to us at pixelsandpanelspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, like, or give us a five-star rating. See you all next week.